In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, today we consider what Jesus says in John chapter 10, namely that he is the good shepherd and that we are his sheep. This is one of the most beloved images of Christ and his church and rightfully so. There's a tremendous amount of comfort to be found in what Jesus is teaching us here today. There's a lot to cover and this is by far the longest sermon I've ever written. So I'm just going to go and get straight into the text. I want to focus particularly on Jesus' words, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Now, I've heard these words and glossed over them for years. I've heard them and said, yeah, yeah, Jesus will save other people too. Of course, I already knew that. But I want to slow down and focus on these words, paying attention to what he's saying. He says, I have sheep that are not of this fold. Do you get it? He has sheep. It doesn't say he will have them, that he will one day have them or that he hopes to have them or something like that. He says he has them. I have them right now. He uses the present tense. So how can this be? How can Jesus have other sheep before he has gone to go get them? We're tempted to think that Jesus goes out preaching his word and that he's somehow surprised and amused when somebody makes a decision for Christ or something like that. And we think, all right, now the Lord has them. Now they are his. But Jesus here is telling us something different. He says that they are his even before they know it. And when Jesus says they are not of this fold, what does that mean? A fold is a pen or enclosure, a field where a gathering of sheep is kept. So what is he talking about? He's saying that there are sheep in this Jewish nation that believe in him and already has. But then he says, I have sheep that are not of this fold. These are people not of the Jewish nation, but of other nations and languages that are not of that nation and language. These are the Greeks, the, uh, the Asians, Americans, Guyanese, Spaniards, Germans, Italians, and so on. The Lord has sheep in all of these other nations, these other folds, and he is going to go gather them. They won't become his sheep. They are. He has them. And so he will gather them. And how does he do it? He does it through his word. He's gathering them together to make one flock. When the word is preached in these lands and languages, he is going and gathering his sheep through that word. He sends pastors uh, preaching an eternal gospel in those lands in Spain, in the Dominican Republic, in Winter Garden, Florida, and so on. And those who are his sheep, those who belong to the Lord, hear him. So when the Lord says this, he was talking about you. The disciples and those listening to him in the text today didn't know who he was talking about. But Jesus did. Jesus knew you by name. He knew what you look like now. He knew where you live now. He knew what language you speak now. He knew everything about you. He knew the number of hairs on your head. He has known you. And so when he says, I have sheep that are not of this fold in his mind, he is picturing you. He is speaking specifically about you. It's as if he said, look, there's this little group of people, this little 
group of sheep who live in this little part of Florida, and they're mine, and I'm going to go get them. And I'm going to show up there Sunday after Sunday with my word and show up in my body and my blood on that altar and they're going to gather together around and hear my voice. I know them now already. They don't know it yet, but they are mine. They always have been. But they will know me because they will know my voice. When he calls to them, he is gathering up his own. They know his voice because they are his own. When he calls out with his word, these sheep stop what they're doing. They perk up and they say, I, I know this voice. This voice is different. It's distinct. It's unlike any other voice. It's saying things that are different than what the whole world says. It's something I've never heard before. And they know it and they listen to it and they follow that voice. So I want to bring all of this together for you now. This is the point. Before you heard his voice and believed, before you followed Jesus, he already had you and you were his. In theology, we call this eternal election or predestination for salvation. That is, the Lord elected you before not only before you existed, but before the foundation of the world to be his own. The scriptures teach this very, very clearly. Read, for example, read uh, all of Ephesians chapter 1. And this is where we find the greatest comfort. This means that the Lord Jesus already had you in his mind and intentions before you ev ever took a breath. While your body was still being formed in the womb, he knew you and he made you his. Even more than that, before you ever committed a single sin, he knew you and made you his. Before all of your selfishness, before your drugs, before your drunkenness, before your abortion, before your infidelity, before your anger and rage, before your screaming and shouting, before your lying and wickedness, before your fornication and adultery, before you committed any single one of those sins, the Lord said, I have you and I will bring you to me. And even more than that, before you ever did any good work, he knew you and you were his. Before you were a Christian, before you ever prayed for the first time, before you ever read the Bible, before you ever stepped a foot in the church, before you ever put one penny in the offering plate, before you did any good works to accomplish anything for his sake, already before that, he had you. Even before you had faith, he had you. So pay attention very, very closely. You are not the Lord's sheep because you hear and follow him. Rather, you hear and follow him because you are his sheep. I'll say it again so that it's engraved into your heart and mind. You are not the Lord's sheep because you believe in his word. You believe in his word because you belong to the Lord. God didn't choose you because he 
somehow looked into the future and saw that you would have faith down the line and that you would be a virtuous and a good person and, and that you would be doing good things. And then he looks forward and says, ah, okay, that that's someone I want to save. That's someone I want to choose. No, the opposite happened. You have faith because the Lord chose you. He says, other sheep I have. He didn't get you by some off chance or by some, unf- by, by some fortunate event. He doesn't say, well, oh, here's a nice surprise. I didn't think you'd ever come to church. I didn't think I'd see you here in heaven. You're not going to surprise him. He's known this all before you have. He says, other sheep, I have them already. Right now, I have them. And once you get this, You are now only beginning to understand the immense comfort of these words. When Jesus said these words, it means that none of your sins and none of your good works play any part in the Lord's decision to save you, to make you his own. None of your sins, not one of your sins at all have deterred him from you or ever will. They have not driven you away, they have not driven him away from his cross or driven him away from you. And this means that not one of your good works was an incentive for him to save you. Not one of your decisions was an incentive for him to save you. Your obedience, your good life, your generosity, none of it played a role in the Lord's decision to save you. Your goodness and your badness do not affect the Lord. The Lord remains the good shepherd despite your goodness and badness. Now, I know I told you before in the sermon to go read Ephesians 1 but I'm just going to go ahead and read a portion of it here. (laughs) Ephesians 1, starting at verse 3, says this. Just, I want you to see that this is not something I'm making up. This is coming from the Bible. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, starting at verse 3, says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now here it is even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. All right, so you tell me, Does it sound here like your eternal destiny depends upon your commitment to get yourself into heaven? Or does it sound like your eternal destiny depends upon Jesus to get you into heaven? Who do you think your eternal life depends upon? Who do you think the power to resurrect from the grave hangs upon? Who do you think is doing the searching, the finding, and the bringing together of the sheep into the church of the Lord? Do you think it is your job to find Jesus, to make a decision for him, to seek him out? Well, listen to the Old Testament reading for today, Ezekiel chapter 34. It says this, 
For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out of the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I want to fasten this down and bolster it into your heart and your soul. In our church, we don't just read about this. We praise God for doing this. We sing a hymn at the beginning of every church year, a hymn at the start of every Advent, the very first Sunday of Advent. And it, it's a hymn that I've taught you, one of the first hymns I taught you. And as long as I'm here, we're going to keep doing that. It's hymn 334, O Lord, how shall I meet you? Everything I'm saying today is what you have already been singing for the past six years. Listen to verse four of this hymn. Love caused your incarnation. Love brought you down to me. Your thirst for my salvation procured my liberty. O love beyond all telling that led you to embrace in love, all love excelling our lost and fallen race. And this is gorgeous. It wasn't our love that caused his incarnation or brought him down to us. It was his love for us that caused it. His thirst for our salvation is the cause of our salvation. So let me ask you this. Who wants and desires your salvation more? You or Jesus? Who do you think wants you to be in heaven and have eternal life more? You or Jesus? Who do you think wants your tears wiped away, your fears put to rest, your worry and anxiety taken away, and all of your sorrow and suffering and grief to come to an end? You or Jesus? I know you long for heaven, for the last day, for an end to come to all of your troubles and sin and guilt. And I know you want this. You want this more than anything else in this life, anything else in this world. And yet, Jesus wants this more than you do. He wants to save you more than you want to be saved. Jesus wants to declare that you are forgiven more than you want to hear it. Jesus wants to wipe away your tears streaming down your face more than you. He wants to end your suffering, your pain, and your guilt more than you want an end to it. He, who do you think will be happier when you finally go to heaven? You or Jesus? I know you will be over, overwhelmed with joy, but Jesus will be even happier and more joyful than you. The joy in his eyes will exceedingly surpass the joy in yours. This is comfort beyond all comfort. 
the Lord has not only known, but he did everything he needed to do in order to have you, to make you his own. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. When the wolf comes to snatch you and scatter you from him, Jesus stood between you and the wolf. He took your place and he sacrificed himself for you because he considered you a sheep worth more than himself, worth more than his entire life. You are the Lord's. You have been. You've always been. The devil can't do anything about what Jesus has done for you. So the devil, what he does instead is he attacks you with evil and wicked thoughts and he tries to lead you to despair. The devil wants you to doubt that you belong to the Lord. He wants to overthrow this truth in your heart and mind. The truth is, yes, not everyone will be saved. And the devil wants you to doubt your salvation because others have been lost, because others have rejected the salvation of the Lord. It's true, there are many who don't know, who don't listen or follow, to the, follow the good shepherd. There are many who will not be saved. And so this is where the questions come in. You may be thinking, if the Lord elected and has his sheep, how can I be sure that the Lord has me? Maybe I'm lost. How can I be sure that he elected me? How can I ever be certain that I am one of his sheep? Well, let me begin by telling you how you don't. (laughs) You can never be certain if you look to your works or your sins. You can never be certain if you try and look at and measure your own faith, the strength of it, the weakness of it. You can never be certain if you try and peer into the hidden mysteries of God and try to come up with some reason that he would choose you and elect you to be his own. You're trying to find some event or moment in your life and saying, that is the reason God chose me. That must be it. You'll always fall back into doubt. So how can you be sure? Those who are lost are lost because they reject the Lord. But those who are saved are saved by his grace and mercy alone. So, you can be certain that you belong to the Lord, that you are his sheep by hearing the gospel. By hearing the gospel where he tells you that you are. Everything else you listen to, your mind, your heart, your reason, your senses, people's opinions, the hired hands that come and depart uh, when, when trouble comes, the devil himself, all of this will lead you to doubt this truth and fall into unbelief and make you question again and again and again, questioning, am I uh, uh, from the Lord's fold? Am I a sheep of the Lord? Am I his? Is he mine? 
All of this will lead you to doubt that. But you need to shut those voices out and listen only to the voice of Jesus, the only voice that matters, the word of his holy gospel. The very substance of the gospel is that the grace of God in Christ is for all sinners without exception and that this grace is really, truly grace. That means it is contingent upon nothing whatsoever in you. When you hear this and you believe this blessed truth, you can't help but be assured that for Christ's sake, God's heart is not filled with wrath against you, but filled with a burning, unending, and undying love for you. You hold firmly to the promise of the gospel which teaches you that Christ, the Son of God, became incarnate to bless all people on earth, to redeem all from sin and death and to justify and save them. And he did this according to the command and gracious will of God, our Heavenly Father. When you begin to doubt your own worthiness, when your sins begin to haunt you, when the hired hands try to lead you away from the good shepherd, when you are afraid that you are simply a sham, a fake, a someone who is not a true Christian, whose faith is weak, who will one day fall away, then what you do is you take your eyes off of your poor, miserable, sinful condition and you put your eyes on Jesus. You open up your ears and you pay attention to the gospel like never before. And without looking to your works, your sins, or even your faith, you despair of yourself and you rely completely upon Jesus to save you. You stake your eternal life, your eternal life, not on your heart and sincerity, but upon the bleeding, loving heart and profound sincerity of Christ the Lord who loves you more than you can possibly know. You rely upon the fact that Jesus did not, that, that God the Father did not spare Jesus, his own son, but that he delivered him up to be crucified on the cross for you. Before anything happened in this world, God foresaw it. And out of his boundless love and mercy for you, he made a decree concerning the provision of a remedy for your sin and the sin of the world. You see, just as he saw what evil you were going to do, he also saw and decreed what good he would bring out of your evil deeds and sin. And by his wounds, you have been healed. You were straying like sheep, but now, dear saints, hearing this word, dear elect, dear chosen ones of the Lord, you have returned to the shepherd and the one who watches over your souls. If you want to know if you belong to the good shepherd, you don't look to the left or to the right. You look straight ahead to the wounds of Christ and you find your name carved into his flesh and written in the book of life with the ink of his blood. Your salvation does not depend upon you. Your belonging to Jesus does not depend upon you. It depends upon him. Your salvation rests in the hand of God who loves you 
and it's founded upon His mercy, and it's unwavering and eternal. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. The Lord my faithful shepherd is, and me he safely guideth. I shall not want, for I am his who all things good provideth. I follow him, I hear his voice, in him, my Lord, I do rejoice. Blessed am I in his keeping. And if I ever go astray, my wayward soul he turneth to save the lost, to guide the way, for this he ever yearneth. He leadeth me, my soul, to bless in his own path of righteousness, for his name's sake and glory. Your goodness and your mercy, Lord, shall follow me attending the days you do to me afford until they reach their ending. Thereafter will I in your love dwell in your house in heaven above forever and forever. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.